0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now prepare your hearts for a message from God's Word. We've been in a series the last few weeks uh, called You Asked For. We sent out some emails, uh, some surveys online, and really surveyed you and said, hey, what are some topics that you want to hear about? What are some things that you've always had questions about? And this, today's uh, message is probably one that you've asked before, even before we sent a survey to you, but something that you've often wondered, and that's when it comes to prayer, and wondering if it works, and wondering why God specifically didn't answer a prayer that you offered to Him when it came to an area of your life, and Jake kind of stole my intro there, we're going to have to connect a little bit more on the LeBron thing, Uh, but but LeBron's coming home. I was actually going to just scrap my message today and preach on the prodigal son and his return home and how we all need to embrace them, especially my brother-in-law. He's really harboring some bitterness uh, from four years ago. He was one of the ones burning things and jerseys and, and all that stuff. But, but, you know, when you think even about prayer, you know, like in Cleveland specifically, I mean, those folks were praying for LeBron to come back. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, Lord, please. We, we didn't win, you know, before he came, when he came, we won, he left, we haven't won really since, we want LeBron back. But then people in Miami, right, they were praying the same thing. Man, we really, you know, they had D. Wade, whatever, but, but they wanted them to, to come back. So both ways, why did God answer one person's prayer, and then why did God not answer the other? And We, we have that question Oftentimes in our lives, on way more serious issues than whether LeBron James is going to come back or if the Buckeyes are going to beat Michigan, right? We all pray for that one. If you don't, you need to learn how to because it's it's you should be praying now. Even I mean, that's it's coming up. It's close. We need to begin to to pray for the Buckeyes that they win a national championship and get into the playoff. It's it's important for our city. It's important for our economy. There's a lot of reasons why. Okay, and it just makes me happy. So we need to do that, but. But, but why, why didn't God answer your prayer? And today we're going to talk about that, some actual biblical reasons as to why sometimes our prayers can go unanswered. But before we do that, I think we need to establish why prayer is so important, why you should pray, why it should be an active part of your life. And the first thing is this, is that the reason, number one, you should pray is because prayer establishes and continues your relationship with God. That's how you initiate relationship with god you offer him a prayer faith where you invite him into your life that's how it started on any relationship on any level you have to have communication and it can't just be on the front end right when you meet it has to continue throughout the relationship for that relationship to grow for that relationship to be healthy and so prayer is your way of communicating with god because he has a desire To have a relationship with you. It goes beyond religion. It goes beyond, uh, you know, a spiritual checklist. God really does desire to know you and be a part of your life. Secondly, prayer invites and involves God in your life. I think sometimes we can forget the privilege that we have as as believers to, to have access to God. The creator of the universe, the one who spoke this world into existence, who is the beginning from the end, gives you and me direct access to him. At any moment, you can contact him, he is listening, he is willing, and he wants you to invite him into your life. He wants you to involve him in the decisions that you make. It's a privilege that we have. I love Corey Ten Boom. She said, is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? What does that mean there? Is, is, spare, is, 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 this, is prayer the thing that's driving your life or is it kind of the last resort when I've exhausted all of my other options and I've tried everything that I can so God, here I am. Now are you listening Will you kind of bail me out? And and prayer invites and involves God in our lives. It it puts him in the driver's seat. It gives him control. We need to do that. Third thing is that the Bible instructs us to pray. Philippians four, six through eight says, Don't be anxious about anything. That'd be easy, right? How many of you ever get anxious about something? How many of you ever worry about something? It says, but in everything. So how do you you get out of worry? How do you get out of anxiety? It says, but in everything, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you want the peace of God in your life? We we talk about that. We hear about the peace of God, that not just in in situations where you're facing difficult decisions and a tragedy, and and, and we need God's peace there for sure, but in every day of our life that we walk in that peace of knowing that God is in control, that that we've given our life to him. It says we want that, but, but what is before that? What's verse six? It says, but in everything that you do, Present your request to God, to talk to God about it. The Bible instructs us to pray. It's what enables us to live the life that God wants us to live. Jesus prayed, right? The Bible says that Jesus would get away, that he would seek God and spend time with God. And how many of you know if Jesus needed to pray, that we need to pray too, right? Can I just stop here and we can go home, right? Does that, I mean, because really, that, that should be enough to convince you today Prayer works. The fourth reason why we should pray is because prayer works. I have seen the power of prayer in my own life. Personally, I've seen it in my family's life, where I've seen situations turn around for the good because people were praying, that people were believing in faith that God would respond. But today, the question is, that it does work, that we need to do it. The Bible instructs us that it involves God in our life, but sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you pray really hard about something, and it goes unanswered. And that question of why begins to fill our minds. It begins to to bring doubt. You probably have in your life at some point or another have asked God for something, and he did not answer. But why does the Bible say this then in John 14, 13 through 14, it says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Why would Jesus tell us that if at some points it doesn't get answered? At some points, it doesn't work. Because in Scripture, we can find where God has answered prayers in big ways. You think about uh, Joshua. And he prayed that the sun would stand still in the sky. And it did. Pretty incredible, right? Uh, haven't been able to accomplish that one yet personally. The sun stood still, folks. I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. Daniel prayed. And, and lions went on a starving, that were starving went on a diet and didn't eat them up. Elijah prayed and fire came down from heaven. Wow. James instructs us that if we pray like Elijah, that we can see the same things happen in our life. Jonah, how many of you remember Jonah and the whale, right? Swallowed by a big fish, prayed and was rescued from that situation. But you may go, but Kyle, when I prayed, there's been times where nothing has happened. And in my life, I've had the same things. I think a lot of times people, it's funny, I was golfing with someone, and they said, hey, I want you to golf with me today, because I've really wanted a hole-in-one, and I figure if I have a pastor with me, I got a better shot than not, you know. Can you pray, you know, leading up to that day? I got some guys from work coming. It would be incredible. It's, It's a bucket list thing. Can you help me out? And I'm like, look, dude, like, you know, I'm a pastor, but, that, but I'm just like you. I stink at golf like you do, too. You know, like, I can't, I can't help you in that way. But, but a lot of times we think because they're a pastor or a spiritual person or someone in your life, like, we have this exemption that, that, hey, man, whatever you pray, man, because you're so close with God, you know, you kind of got, you know, I can dial him up, but you got him on a favorite on your phone. You know, he always takes your call kind of thing. And that's not how it works. There's been times in my life where I prayed and prayed and prayed, and God did not answer me. For instance, when, when Riley, when Jess was pregnant with Riley, we prayed every night that God would give us a healthy baby. every night. It was on our heart, it was heavy on our heart. God give us healthy, help everything to go smooth, and she was born with a very rare heart defect. Now she's doing great today, and God has answered many prayers beyond that. But, but leading up to that, I'm mean, i going, God, what, what's the deal? Why? What, you know, This is so rare. Why, why, why us? Why me? There's times where prayers go unanswered. Maybe in your life that you've had unanswered prayers too, where you prayed and prayed and prayed for a loved one who was sick, that God would heal them, that God would help them, and they didn't make it. They died. Praying to conceive a child, for years and still hasn't happened prayed that your parents wouldn't get divorced and man did it end ugly we've prayed for those things praying for a loved one who's far from god to find christ and they're still heading in the wrong direction maybe a child who's away from god what do we do what are the answers that we're looking for why doesn't God always answer our prayers? And today I'm going to give you some biblical reasons. Just as God says that he does answer prayer, throughout scripture we can find some reasons as to maybe. Again, that's the key word today, is is maybe why God didn't answer your prayer according to scripture. Because there's some things that we can include in our life, there's some choices that we can make that I kind of compare to like a, a, a dead zone with your cell phone. Right? How many of you have dead zones with, with, with your phone still where you go places? You remember the old Verizon commercial where the guys, you know, in the, the remote places and can you hear me now kind of thing? And, it, and they, yep, we got you. The signal's still strong and clear. I know there's places where I go and it's just like, man, the bars just drop way out. Immediately, you know, you drop the call. You're like, hey, yeah, I only got one bar, man. I will call you. You know, it's like you can't do it. You try to blame somebody who's got the worst reception when the, the call drops. But but there's things that we can do in our life that I think actually hinder our reception to God when it comes to our prayers. That can put blocks between us and God that cause our prayers to possibly go unanswered. And I don't think it's because God doesn't hear them. Maybe it's because we don't hear the answer, that we can't really hear God. So what are some things that affect our prayer life that can make our prayers go into. So the first thing is this, is that maybe, maybe you have a broken relationship. What we have to realize today is this, is that your horizontal relationships in your life affect your vertical relationship with God. It's evident throughout Scripture in Mark 11, 24 through 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Again, Jesus promising What you ask for in prayer can become yours. And he said, but this, and when you stand praying, so when you are in the act of praying, you're here today, worshiping God, connecting with him. He said, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. Our vertical relationships with others affect our relationship with God. Why is it that way? It's because God has extended grace to us. In the Old Testament, you could not enter into God's presence. We just sang a song where we're saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We invite your presence. In the Old Testament, that didn't happen. Before Jesus went to the cross for you, we had no access to God like that. Only specific people were qualified and were given the anointing and given the permission by God to enter into his presence. And they would enter in on behalf of the people. But now anyone can enter in. We have the ability to welcome God. And so God, so rich in love and mercy, Bible says, extended us grace to where we have access to that. And so he says, because I've extended you grace, because I've forgiven you of your mistakes and your sins, he goes, you're not allowed. You have no right as a believer of mine to hold anything against someone else. And that's hard for us sometimes. Because some of you have been really hurt. Because some of you have been really wronged in your life. But the Bible is clear. You're going, well, I can't can't seem to break through. I can't seem to get through to God. Well, maybe you have a broken relationship, and God is waiting for you to bring healing to that, to do your part in that relationship. 1 John tells us that we cannot love God and hate our brother, that if we have hate in our heart towards another person, that it affects our, our relationship with God. In Matthew 5, Jesus said that if you're offering a gift at the altar, if you come in and you're presenting the best thing that you have to God, and he says, but, but before you ever do that, if, if there's someone that you've wronged, or there's someone who's wronged you, you need to go to that person and make it right. That's what he was saying. In the middle of this, he's saying, if you're here right now, if Jesus was here and he was preaching Matthew 5, he'd say, if you're here and you got an issue with someone, leave right now. Go handle it, because it's that important. That's the significance he's stressing in this. You go, but Kyle, you don't understand. You don't know what they did to me. You don't understand how I was wronged. I, it, it wasn't my fault. It, it, and, and listen, forgiveness is, is not about you. I'm sorry, it's not about them. It's about you. It's about, again, your relationship with God. Making sure you're where you need to be is why God asked you to forgive. Yesterday I had a great afternoon. I didn't have anything to do on a Saturday afternoon. How many of you know that's a great afternoon, right? Where You have nothing to do. If you have two kids and you're trying to lead a church, when you get a Saturday afternoon with nothing to do, so what did I do? Man, AMC had Karate Kid Marathon going on, baby. So I watched one, and then I recorded two. I came and did a vow renewal here last night for a couple in our church celebrating 20 years, and then I went back home and I finished watching two. You know, because two's awesome, and my favorite part of two is at the very beginning when the instructor comes out, right? The real angry dude who's got who's just messed up and mean, and he's a bad teacher. And Miyagi's kind of going to show him up, right? So he comes out, and he's he's like really you know hurting one of his students who lost the Daniel son. And so he comes out, and Mr. Miyagi's like, hey, dude, you know, Mr. Miyagi's like this. The dude's a giant. He's like, let the boy go, you know, and I'm not going to try to do Miyagi accent, so just take mine uh, for today, but but he's like, let the boy go, and he's like, you know, get out of here, you're next, and Miyagi grabs him and kind of gives him a little hold and lets him go, and the guy comes at him like this, right, and he's like, yeah, puts his hand through one window, and it's all bloody, and then he turns and he comes at him again, he's like, Yosh! and his hand's all bloody, and his both hands are bloody. And Miyagi grabs him, you know, and kind of gives him one of these, and he's got him like this, and he's like, mercies for the weak, you know, all the things that this guy's been teaching these kids. And he's like, Hah! and he stops like right here, and then he hits his nose, he goes, Honk! and pushes him over. You guys remember that movie, right? Man, you need to go watch that movie. I mean, it's a good movie. I mean, there's some good stuff in that movie. And so, but, but all of that was awesome because Miyagi goes, huh, and pushes him over, embarrasses him in front of everyone. But as he's walking away, Danielson goes, you could have killed him, right? And Miyagi goes, I, I, yeah. Could have killed this guy, right? He goes, well, why didn't you? The guy deserved it. He goes, because, he said, and I can't, I should have written it down exactly. I didn't have this planned in my notes. But, but I was just so excited about it. But he said, he said, man, man who's that bitter, is already dead inside. He said, I didn't need to kill him. He's already dead. Bitterness, those deep roots that just can go into our soul, can choke out the love of God, can choke out the plan of God in your life to where God can't hear your prayers. And so scripturally, Jesus is saying, if there's stuff that's going on, there's broken relationships, you got to do what you can do. And I understand some relationships may be beyond repair, where you can't contact, you can't do that, but you forgive in your heart. You move on in your heart. You do what you can do in that. Sometimes God doesn't hear us because of bitterness. Second thing is maybe, again, maybe, maybe the reason why God didn't answer your prayer is because you have the wrong motives. It's very important. James 4, three says, when you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Now, wrong motives. Now, here's the deal. When the Powerball gets up to levels that the news picks up and tells you about it, you know what I'm talking about? Not just everyday Powerball, but they're like, $600 million Powerball, you know, drawing tonight. Jess always makes fun of me because I will swing by and buy a ticket. They're a buck, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, listen, I understand. Gam- We're not gambling. This isn't a problem. I will buy a ticket. And every time I do, I dream a little bit about what I would do with the money, right? Oh, man, I'm, I'm hooking your parents up. We'd build them a fat house. You know, like it would be laid out. We would just stay in our humble home. It's fine. Do we, You know, we wouldn't need to do that. Man, I'm hooking this person up. I'm going to do this. I'm writing off all my charitable things that I'm going to do. and But we do that, right? When we go, hey, God, right? We, we buy that ticket, and th- I don't pray that God would help me win. I don't do that. But some of us do that. People do that all the time. They're like, God, please help me win the lottery, Lord. And I promise you, if you let me win, I'll give you 5%. He's like, five, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, God, 10%. I will tithe, actually, on the lottery if you help me win. Man, I didn't win. God, 50%. I'll still get 300 million. I should be okay with that. I'll pray for that. And if, listen, if you ever win the lottery, you better give 50% to Adventure Church, all right? You better buy us a nice piece of land and build us a nice building, right? We'll put your name on the outside. I don't care, but, but we pray with the wrong motives. You know, I remember when I was like dating and I became a Christian I thought that because I became a Christian that God was going to make me marry someone ugly right and you guys know that I, I married way out of my league right God answered beyond my prayers but I used to pray for girls who weren't Christians that I thought were attractive to become Christians so I could date them <laughs> now are those motives good no so they didn't get answered. But we, we pray for the Buckeyes. We pray for God to bless our business. And, and we think our motives are pure, but God's going, if I did bless you, if I did give you this, would you handle it right? Sometimes our prayers go unanswered because we pray with the wrong motives. The Pharisees, Jesus called them out. He said, listen, if you're, if you're praying in public for this spectacle and so people will see you and notice you, he said, your motives are all wrong. He said God doesn't listen to that. Proverbs 16, two says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. That when you present your request to God, that he weighs your motives. He knows your heart. He knows who you are to the very core. And so sometimes our prayer goes unanswered because our motives are wrong. And I think what we have to remember this is, too, is that the way you live matters when it comes to your prayer life. And James five sixteen says the prayer of a righteous man the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective proverbs 15:29 says the lord is far from the wicked but he hears the prayers of the righteous and sometimes in our lives, we, we're, we're praying and we're asking God and trying to involve him in our life. But the way we're living is in such co- contrast to his word and to the ways that he has declared for you. That it's, it's, it's hard for him to respond because you've distanced yourself so far from him. And the further away you get from God, the further away you get from God's plan for your life, the harder and harder it is to get your prayers through, to be answered. God is a gentleman. We talked about this last week. He never goes where he's not invited. But yet, we will go places where we exclude God. And then in the the moment, again, is is, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? But when, when we get a flat in our life and we need God, we want him right back in. God's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm pretty far away right now. You've excluded me for a long time. The way you live matters. Our motives matter. The third thing is to maybe. Again, maybe. Why? God didn't answer your prayers. Maybe you don't believe God will do it. Maybe you're praying, but deep down, you don't really think it works. You don't think God will change anything. In Mark 9, 22 through 23, it says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. And I don't fully understand all of this, okay? Again, our job isn't to figure God out. Our job is to trust and live in faith and obey his word. But faith comes into play when it comes to your prayer life, when it comes to your relationship with God. Faith matters when you pray. I always tell Riley, Riley is, uh, she's almost four now, and she's picking up bad habits from her mom, and she talks back to me a lot. And, uh, and so there's times when I, I have to tell her and I get down and I say, Riley, you need to remember who you're talking to. I am your father. I am the one in charge. You know, I, I have to get that. And it's like, remember who you're talking to. I'm sure you've had those conversations with your kids before. And sometimes I think we can forget who we're talking to, that we doubt God, that we doubt his ability that we doubt his knowledge. That we doubt his plan. And he's going, whoa, 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 Remember who you're talking to. You don't need to doubt. You need to trust. You need to pray. Offer the prayer of faith to me. And trust me with the results. Our faith matters when we pray. You know, it's the old story of the church and the, they were, a bar was trying to come in right next door to them. And the church wasn't very excited about that. So the church was praying and praying and praying for months and months and months for this bar to go out. And it came in, and they kept praying that it would go away, that something would happen. And lightning ended up striking the bar, catching it on fire, and it burnt to the ground. And so the bar owner heard that the church had been praying for this to happen, so he sued the church. So they go to the, the, the court... And the guy, the bar owner presents his case to the judge. He says, judge, these people were praying and praying and praying that my bar would be removed. And it got struck by lightning, an act of God, and burn it to the ground. He said, they're obviously at fault. The pastor goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, we were praying, but we didn't really think God would do it. And the judge goes, man, this is a first. He goes, here I got a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and the pastor who doesn't. But sometimes, right, we, we, we pray and we, we do it because we think it's the right thing to do. But deep down, we don't think it's going to happen. And over and over again in Scripture, the Bible says, according to your faith, it will be given to you. Your faith matters. And now look, we can go to the other spectrum where... You watch flipping through the, the channels, and they're way up there on DirecTV, like 360-something. There's a reason they're way up there, but the TBNs and, and these kind of things where you get these word of faith guys who, who tell you to buy their, their water, and you know you'll, they'll send it to you in the mail, and God will answer. And it's kind of this word of faith, name it and claim it. So faith does matter, but here's the thing. Just because you pray a prayer of faith doesn't mean you can strong-arm God into answering for you. God's not some genie in a bottle and you rub him the right way. He answers you. That's not how it works because there's still his sovereignty, there's still his plan, and there's still his purpose for your life. And so we can't command God to do anything, but again, it's hard to fully understand, but your faith does matter when it comes to your prayer life. James 1, through 6-7 says, but when he asks, he must believe And not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. So our faith matters. Faith matters. So, why has it been that your prayers have gone unanswered? First of all, maybe again, you have a broken relationship. And there's a, there's a blockage between you and God. The signal is weak. Maybe the motives have always been wrong and God is weighing those things and, and we need to examine our hearts and our motives when it comes to the prayers we are offering to God. Maybe we have doubt and, and we don't think that God will do it and the way that we're living our life isn't honoring God and so it's hard for Him to be involved because we've excluded Him. And the fourth thing today and the final thing that we find in Scripture is to why God may be didn't answer your prayer, is maybe, just maybe, God has something different for you. John, 1 John 5, 14-15, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask for anything, key words on there, if we ask for anything, what? According to His will. According to His plan, according to His purpose, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. When it comes to your life, God's will matters more than your will. God's plan is more important than your plan. And it's better than your plan. He knows best. God is a, the Bible says, he's the good shepherd. He's a good father. He wants what's best for you. And God's way is always better than our way. And we should never believe anything less. When we launched our church, we launched with this theme called Break Out of the Box. And what most people think is when they come to God, he puts you in this box. And it's rules and it's regulations. And to really live for God, you're going to have to give up everything fun that you've ever done before. And we think that. The enemy sells us that lie. And we often buy it because we think that we know better than God. We think that. I think that sometimes. God, I know what's best for me. I know what's best for my family. I know what's best for the church. And God goes, no, you don't. I know what's best. And sometimes the prayers that you're giving to me have gone unanswered because they're not what's best for you. How many of you like Garth Brooks? All right, the rest of you didn't raise your hands. You can leave right now. He's the king of country music. I'm just kidding. Some of you might take me up on that. You're like, it's getting late and I'm kind of hungry, so I'll go ahead and... But, but Garth Brooks had a song called Unanswered Prayers, right? And he says, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And he, the song goes on to talk about the, the girl that he was praying for in high school that he would, that he would get to marry and all these things. And he, he looks at some of the prayers that he's offered to God that went unanswered in his life. And he goes, thank God. That you did not answer that prayer. How many of you have some of those prayers before where you're like, thank God that that God did not answer with that one? And I would tell you some of those, but they record this and it goes on the internet, so I don't want to offend anyone. But I'm thankful for some of the prayers that I asked God in my life with people I dated and things that I thought were best for me that God did not answer. But, what we have to believe is is that god 's way is always best. The apostle Paul, you know you talk about someone who, who gave everything for Christ. He surrendered his whole life. He was a, a very uh, well to do Pharisee who had a lot of influence. He encountered God, he gave it all up, he surrenders his life to planning churches he 's the greatest missionary we 've ever known. He gives everything for the Lord. And throughout scripture, there's there's a time where Paul says he had a thorn in his side. And we don't know exactly what it is. They debate on it. Paul's never clear. But he says, I begged God three times to take this away. And God didn't answer me. But he said, the answer that God did give me was that I'm not taking this away from you, but my grace is sufficient for you. The apostle Paul had something that that constantly nagged at him, that he begged God to get rid of. And God said, I'm not taking it away, but I will give you the strength and the ability to get through it. Jesus in the garden in Luke 22:42 42 through 43, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. The cup of his sacrifice, his death on the cross. He said, yet not my will, but your will be done. And that's the prayer that Jesus teaches us To pray. It's that Father, he says, who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's the prayer. So you have every right to go to God and say, God, please move in this situation. But your prayer should end with, but God, not my will. Your will be done. Because your way's better. Because you're wiser. Because you're smarter. Because I trust you. And that's how this relationship works. I trust in you do what you think is best. Think about for us looking for a house. It's been a year in the process and so we're in a contract now. And, but the way God put it all together and his timing. I, we prayed for every house we put an offer on. Seven of them. God, please. 1,500 square feet with two kids and a daycare in your house with no basement. It's been a rough year in some ways. God, your will be done. And God's will was better. So, God sometimes doesn't answer our prayers. But what we have to know and what we have to believe is this. Is that no matter what happens, God is still good. God is still in control. And God always brings about his purpose for those who are called according to his purpose. That God will always Turn your situation around. So, what do I believe about prayer? Those are maybes. Those are somewhat, those are scriptural things, but hypothetical to your situation as to maybe why God didn't answer your prayer. Maybe that question isn't even answered today, but what do we believe about prayer? First of all, prayer reminds me that I'm not in control and keeps me close to the one who is. That's good. You should write that down. I didn't know, it's in your notes. Good. That's good preaching. Prayer will always remind you, God, I'm not in control, and it enables you to stay close to the one who is. That's what I believe about prayer. Prayer is not as much about what you want, but about what God wants. That's what prayer is about. It's not about us. It's about Him and His plan for our life. God gives us access to Him. He is available to us. The Bible says He is close to those who call on Him. When you mourn, the Bible says that He is there with you, that he walks with you, that he guides you. That's what prayer can do. That's what I believe about prayer. The attitude that we have to have when we pray is just like Daniel did. In chapter 3, verse 17, he was being challenged. He was actually being thrown into a furnace, a blazing furnace, because he was unwilling to bow down to another god. And so because of that, he was facing the fire. The heat was in front of him. And this is what he says when they said, bow down and serve our God, he says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us. But then he says this, but even if he does not, we we will still not serve your gods. That's the attitude that we have to have when we take our request to God. God, you can and you will. I have faith to believe, but even if you don't, I'm still gonna serve you. Even if you don't answer the way that I want, you're still good. I'll still follow you. He is able and he will. But if he doesn't, my view of God won't change. My relationship with God won't change. We have to be steadfast in that. What we need to believe about prayer is this. I believe God can. I believe God will. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. God's good. And God loves you. And he has a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. And we have to come into alignment with that. And trust that even when we don't see that God is there, that he's in control, that he's guiding our situation. Because the Bible is very clear. We don't live by what we see. We live by what we believe. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. We trust, and we say, God, you are good. And I will follow you no matter what. The band's going to come. We're going to close out today. But what we've established throughout this and some scriptural reasons as to why you may feel distant from God and why God isn't answering the way that you thought that he would is is today maybe you're here and you don't know Christ. Maybe you're not in relationship with him and, and, and there's no prayer life. There's no relationship. It's just been something you've done and and today, I would, I would challenge you to really think. John 9.31 says that we know that God does not listen to sinners. Again, that when we, when we intentionally involve ourselves in things that are not of God, according to his word, the Bible is clear. And I know God can hear us, but, and again, I, we can't figure it all out, but it says that, that God listens to the godly man who does his will. And that he's distant those who push him away. God doesn't distance himself because of uh, because of him and his character. It's because of us. We, we push him out. And today, maybe you don't know Christ, or maybe you did, and you've walked away, and you've done that. You've pushed God out of your life. And you don't include him in your decisions. You don't involve him in your life, and you've wondered, God, why aren't you answering me? Why are you so distant? I think today, God is saying this, that that it is with just a simple prayer of faith that you can offer to God, that he will hear you, that he will forgive you, that he will welcome you home. Just like Cleveland is embracing LeBron, God always embraces us